Hey, Caleb here. It's Tuesday, June 8th. Welcome to The Kevin White Show, formerly known as Audacious Generosity. This is the podcast helping you live, transform, and prosper in the presence of God. On Friday, July 2nd, Kevin will be sharing a powerful message from God's Word entitled, God Guides, God Provides. I hope you'll join us for this international live broadcast from the USA via Zoom, YouTube, or Facebook at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, July 2nd. Details at kevinwhite.us. We'll see you there. Okay, now here's Kevin with today's show. Hello, it's Tuesday, June the 8th. You're listening to Audacious Generosity Podcast. This is Kevin White. Welcome to the show, everyone. Did you know the top five countries listening to Audacious Generosity is the United States, India, United Kingdom, Thailand, and Philippines. Welcome to everyone. We're so glad you're listening. Hey, are you listening via Apple Podcast or Spotify, please go over and leave a five-star review. That would be an incredible contribution to the show, and we would really appreciate your partnership with us in that. Welcome. I can't wait to bring you today's episode, an interview by my friend, Dr. Carol Tanksley, for her podcast as she interviews me for her podcast, Relationship Prescriptions with Dr. Carol. And this is only a few excerpts of the entire interview. You'll want to go over to her podcast for the entire interview, but you're not going to be disappointed as I share just a few excerpts from that interview. Dr. Carol, take it away. We actually want to talk uh, quite specifically about relationship generosity, the relationship edition of these very, very important godly principles. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give you freedom to kind of talk about how you learned some of that in your marriage, what that has looked like with you and your wife, uh, just to kind of get us started in, in that part of our conversation. God is like an ultimate chess player in that I really feel like as a married man, he has given me a king, uh, his son, Jesus, and a queen, my wife, Shelly. And I remember uh, when we were going uh, through a period of financial hardship uh, before the feeding ministry really began, uh, God really convicted us that we were to honor him with our tithe. I've been in the ministry over 10 years at the time. Uh, I was a reluctant giver. Um, there were times that I, I really even sensed God just whispering to me as I was, as I was whining about needing to give an offering. Um, I remember God just whispering, keep it. Uh, because my attitude was all wrong. I was anything but cheerful. Uh, but God really taught us his word. I mean, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And, and in his word, we began to realize either we can live under a blessing with the 90% by returning the first 10% to him, or we can live under a curse with a hundred percent. And so um, my point is not necessarily uh, tithing. My point is what came next. And that was right after that discipline was added into our life and um, and God really blessed us with a lot of things that money can't buy as a result of that peace and just the sense of his pleasure in our life. God began to really convict me that I needed to 
uh, set aside almost just like the tithe. I needed to set aside a, um, uh, a, a, a fund for my wife to be able to spend without strings attached and with full freedom uh, of just honoring her and trusting her. And we had no money. I mean, this wasn't as if I was skimming off the top. Yeah. I was I was scraping from the bottom of the barrel, but I just knew it was God's good will for me to. Uh, so in my perspective and and I hope anyone in the audience will forgive me if, if they feel like I've butchered the doctrine of a tithe. I felt like God called me to return to the 10% the, the income to him, but then to almost set aside a tithe uh, for my wife. And, and it wasn't like 10%, but it was a, every time we got income, we did the same thing. We, we, we gave our tithe to the Lord, but then I blessed my wife every single time. And I've done that every, for over 20 years. And it just set aside an environment of generosity. Um, it, it communicated that, even though we were poor, uh, we were we were not so poor that she needed to um, really fight the demons of insecurity um, mm-hmm. because of of our lack of, of finances. Um, but it it didn't last long after that. Like like God, ever since then, has really proved Himself faithful. Now I didn't tithe in order to. Uh, for with a spirit of entitlement. And I didn't do this to bless my wife to gain even more entitlement. I did it as worship to the Lord and he has so honored that. And it has really brought down walls even further between my wife and I. It has uh, provided a platform for blessing and prosperity as far as her just trusting me because I trusted her. You know, sometimes when, when there's when we're in the raw reality of of life, um, we can like, like I'm sure you have probably counseled many people. One of the biggest arguments of married couples is finances. It is. And so if you can move the tension away from what did you do with the money? Why did you spend money on that? And just say, here is a hundred dollars and you don't have to account to me for any penny of it. It is totally yours. It is a free gift. That's the gospel. That's what God has done for us. And and I really didn't appreciate that until he really led me to do that for my wife. And in my perspective, that is at least one of the days where the this message of audacious generosity was birthed in, in my own heart and in our marriage and in our family. And it's it's continued even 20 years later. I love that. And I also love what you're illustrating in just that story between you and your wife, that it's not about money. It's Mm -hmm. about what the money means. It's about the heart issue underneath the money. And you mentioned the word, uh, your your wife, and and she didn't need to feel insecure. And and Mm -hmm. a part of of your heart in doing this was giving her that, that freedom, that joy, that 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 sense of security one of the things i hear so often from married people is um if god would only change my spouse then Mm -hmm. i would be happy and it's all about uh you know i need something from them that's Mm -hmm. the opposite of generosity whether it's money or something else Mm -hmm. it's looking at what's going on in in your heart and and the finances are a picture of that Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. John 3.16 is really one of the foundational verses for audacious generosity. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his greatest gift, his own presence through his son. And that's really what can change so many marriages. It absolutely changed my marriage. Uh, I'll tell one more story, and it's not necessarily about Shelly and I, a good friend of mine, and he he has told this story to our church. Uh, his name is Henry, but he he and his wife were in divorce court, and they could not come to terms about uh, the the distribution of their assets, and it wasn't a whole lot, but he wanted his share, she wanted her share, and uh, they literally, by the grace of God, went from fighting over their things to reconciling their marriage. And the 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 change happened when when Henry went to church, got right with God, and then went to the attorney and said, "Give it all to her." Mm-hmm. His generosity totally changed not only his heart but her heart as well. And they're still married today and living a, a very a spirit-filled, abundant life as a result of of that turning point in Henry's heart of generosity. So I've seen the power of generosity, and we could we could learn a lot from John three sixteen for God so loved that He gave. Yeah, He didn't say um, God so loved, so let me tell you how you need to change in order to be like me or to be acceptable to me. He like it. It literally says we just celebrated Easter. It literally says while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. That's right. Hey, it's Caleb. Kevin will be right back. Kevin White is an international speaker and best-selling author who loves helping people everywhere to prosper in God's presence. A serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, nonprofits, and churches. As founder and executive director of Global Hope India, Kevin has traveled over 1 million miles to 27 different countries, speaking to thousands of audiences throughout India and the world. Visit KevinWhite.us for Kevin's books, one-minute motivation series, and podcasts. Visit KevinWhite.us today. For over 20 years, Global Hope India has been empowering the church in India as they make Christ known. Visit GlobalHopeIndia.org and learn how you can pray, give, and go. Over 1,000 people have served on one of GHI's short-term mission trips to India. Now you can join a virtual mission team to India. Visit globalhopeindia.org today because everyone should have access to hear about Jesus. Okay, now back to the show. You talk in the book, Audacious Generosity, about um, three steps to bring your heart to this place of audacious generosity, setting God free, setting yourself free, setting others free. Yeah. Set God free? What do you mean there? Yeah, some people have tension over that. I definitely don't. I love it. Feel like, I love it. Just unpack yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Right. I definitely don't feel like that. That God is in, indebted and at the mercy of, of us. Um, but we need to understand that if I can look at a pornographic website and give Satan access to my life, then there are obviously things that I could do to give God access to my life. And that's when uh, what I mean by setting God free is is just opening up 
our lives to him, seeking him, his presence uh, in our life, uh, but then allowing him to be God, realizing we are human, we are not God, he is. And so it clearly says in his words that his ways are higher than our ways. And so we let him call the shots and we begin to trust him in that. Just like when, it, when he began to uh, whisper into my spirit, pray for others to have food and you will eat. That was audacious. It seemed risky. It actually seemed like a inconsideration to my family. And we see that throughout the word. Mary Martha thought Jesus was so inconsiderate that he didn't come when Lazarus was sick. But God wanted them to know that he was the resurrection, not just the healer. And, and so we've got to lean not into our own understandings, but in all our ways, acknowledge him. And so, yeah, we got to set God free. I believe that many people when they hear this kind of thing whether it's money or marriage or or any of these principles they think well if i set god free and i allow him to do what he wants to do then he's going to take something from me mm -hmm. they don't really trust that god is good mm -hmm. uh, i think that says a lot about our perception about god and it fits right into what you're talking about it in setting god free yeah. One of my last keynote messages that I shared, um, and it's available on my website, is the gift of opportunity. And in that message, I took a piece of paper with the word expectation uh, written across it, and I ripped it up because I really believe one of the enemy's schemes is to think God is expecting all of this from us. But given is not an expectation from God, it's an opportunity from God. There's a big difference there. Uh, the, the problem with expectation is not God's expectation of us, but it's our expectation of him. Mm -hmm. And so if we can understand uh, that, that part of the fall is just this dynamics between the word expectation and opportunity, then it can really bring freedom in our life and trust and faith to in our, in our walk with God. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Setting others free. What does that mean in this context of generosity? Yeah, it, it really goes back even to John 3, 16, for God so loved the world um, that he gave. Um, God loves people. And just realizing the part of the fall is to view people as burdens. Um, even, even sometimes before the baby's even born, uh, they are declared to be a burden, uh, yeah. unexpected, uh, an oops, you know, the, the realities of life and, and we don't have to go looking for it. There's just whether, whether it happens before we're born or when we're five years old, at some point, we're going to be made to feel that we're a burden and we're going to begin to treat other people as if they are a burden. But when you look at, at God's view of even the prodigal and the rebellious in the Bible, uh, he doesn't look uh, with eyes to reprimand um, us for our sin. He looks at eyes to reward us for our obedience. And, and you know, good parenting has that understanding that you can you can harp on a child about what not to do all day long and it yep. will only increase their motivation to go and disobey but if you begin to reward um, their their obedience then then you can literally change a child's behavior uh, in a in a very dramatic positive way for the rest of their lives well God knew that long before parenting uh, happened on the earth uh, he had that um, that 
um, knowledge uh, that that sometimes we still we still lack. And so setting others free is is really coming to that place of putting um, God's perspective in um, and allowing that to change our perspective of others. And the Bible teaches in Roman, I'm sorry, in Revelation 7, 9 through 12, that heaven's going to be every nation, tribe, and tongue worshiping Jesus. And so we allow that same heaven as what is going to be to, to actually begin to come from heaven to earth uh, through, through our our generosity to others. Um, racism and generosity don't mix. Hatred and discrimination and generosity don't mix. And so to be truly generous, you have to deal with any prejudice that you were given from your family tradition, uh, with, with any discrimination. Uh, you have to deal with all of that because generosity, as, as we're already saying, happens long before we open up our wallets. And if it hasn't happened with, between us and our spouse and our marriages, then, then really, who am I as a philanthropist going out trying to give to charity and yet, um, yet I'm bankrupt and at home. Um, and so, you know, generosity is a culture. It's, it's not something that we do, um, figures on, on a blank check. It, it comes from our heart. God so loved that he gave, um, and he did it with strings, no strings attached whatsoever. We could either love him or we could rebel against him. And so by, by blessing others, um, freeing others. We, we just, we just come to that place of opening up our hands to God and giving, not, not being a dam of his resources, but being a channel of his resources and letting him call the shots, trusting all of that over to him and not trying to control, uh, what, what happens in that person that, that we just saw God be generous to through us. Mm. That fits marriage so well. You talked about our, sin nature, seeing other people as a burden, and frankly, seeing ourselves as a burden. Mm -hmm. I hear so often about someone who's married, their spouse is the problem, their spouse is the burden. And, you know, if if they would just be fixed and, and, and gone, that, that, then I would be okay. And flipping that around, yes, there are problems, there are problems in this world, there are problems in marriages, but your spouse is not it, it is not the problem. It, it, it It's something else. And if you can stop uh, that and see that person, your spouse mm -hmm. in, in marriage or whoever it is, as God sees them, changing mm -hmm. that, that around as an opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that strikes me about creation is when God created Adam um, and then he created Eve, no opposite could be found. And so God then formed Eve out of Adam's rib um, to to have someone uh, like Adam. But the we need to appreciate the opposite there. God was given Adam a gift of opposite. And sometimes we get married and all of a sudden we take that gift of opposite and want it to be conformed to us. 
and we want it to be just like us. And so we fight the opposite, but there is blessing and opposite. Uh, we would not have re, um, reproduction if, if there wasn't opposite. There's so much that we would lack if there weren't opposites and we shouldn't be threatened by it. We shouldn't be uh, challenged by it. Yes, it's, it's going to, at any given time, um, it's, it's going to be threatening to us, but it doesn't have to be threatening characteristically uh, to us. And one of the greatest things that we could ever give our spouse is to let them be opposite and not try to make them like us. And, you know, um, entrepreneurs, so that's one of the things God re has really given me an opportun opportunity of. Um, they, they, they start small and you realize that um, everybody wants to change the world, but God's pathway to do that is to start right here with me because I can't control you. Uh, you, you are such a beautiful friend in Christ. And, and as much as I would want God's blessings in your life, I cannot control Dr. Carol. All I can control, can control is Kevin. And I can't control my wife, Shelly. I can't control my children. The only, the only person on planet earth that I can control is myself. And if I just realize that and free everyone else from my control, then there, there is a pathway to unity that is never going to come in, until I'm willing to relinquish control uh, mm -hmm. of everybody else and just let God begin to change the world. Like when another thing about that Adam and Eve, uh, it said that, that uh, the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And I don't know that we really value unity the way that God values unity there. But the reality is, um, if I allow God to change me, I'm allowing him to change my spouse without me controlling anything. It's not to manipulate that. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, it's a promise of God. It's like, if you'll just take care of the log in your eye, I'll take care of the speck in someone else's eye. But God is not al allowing us to go deal with other people's um, speck without first dealing with the log in our own eye. And, and so God's pathway is change you, be yeah. the change that you want, change you. And, and that's generosity. That's, that's where we, we break through the courage. We, we, we break through the fear with courage and, and accept the freedom that we have in our identity in Christ, that it's in Christ that we are secure, significant and accepted. And, and we come to that place of, being able to live generously in our marriages, with our family, um, with, within, our, within our extended family and our communities. Thank you for listening to The Kevin White Show. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program, copyright Kevin White International, all rights reserved. Each week we bring you a message of life, transformation, and prosperity from God. Remembering God's greatest gift is His very own presence made possible through Jesus Christ. Join us again next week for Living the Dream with Kevin White. For Living the Dream with Kevin White.